Praise the Lord. I'd like us to bow down our heads and speak to the Lord and ask him to give us a word today. I wanted to pray as a person and ask the Lord, I'm here in your presence, speak to me. I want us to pray that there will be release of divine revelation. Let's pray for revelation knowledge. I want us to pray that the Holy Spirit will breathe upon us. Have your way, Father, this morning. Breathe upon us. Speak to our hearts. Grant us revelation. Yes, Lord. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name we'll pray. Father, we want to thank you for you are a great and a precious God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you because you did not despise any. Thank you for your word that is true. This morning we have come to the table. We want to receive from you. You know us better than any man. You are expecting so much from your investment over our lives. Father, grant us strength and divine enablement to be good and faithful servants. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. I know this is probably not the first time we're going to be reading these scriptures or somebody's going to be sharing with us. I want to believe that sometime in our lives we've also been part of other people's lives we share with them from this passage of the scriptures. But I want us to pay attention this morning because I know God has a grand plan for our lives. From this passage, I see that the Lord has a grand plan for our lives. Uh, And you know, it's obvious to me that promotion in life is directly tied to the giftings of God in our lives. Whatever you had today is because of your participation and your agreement with God on what he has endowed you with. No one seated listening to me this morning is without a divine endowment. Not one. We are not equally endowed, but we are uniquely endowed. Each of us, we have a specific role to play in the scheme of things. It's obvious to me that God has an immense faith on your contribution to his assignment. Your contribution is so unique that nobody can do what you can do. And he believes in your ability. He believes in your contribution. 
your contribution has been accounted for as part of the deal. So your contribution is part of the whole. I want us to listen, God. You are not empty. You have been greatly endowed by God. You may not have known it. You may not have announced it. Because the problem many times is because we lack knowledge, not of God alone, but of God's immense you know, endowment and ability that he has given to us. We speak many times about people not knowing God. How about knowing, knowing yourself? In this passage, this is a scripture you cannot end reading. You keep reading and you keep discovering more. It's my firm belief that God has liberally, because he's a just God, endowed all of us with great treasures of the kingdom to become contributors that will affect our generations forever. And I'm glad to tell us this morning, your gift is your advantage. I'll say it again. Your gift is your advantage. You've been seeking advantages and opportunities in life. Wait a little bit, pause, and think about it. There is something that you possess, that is where your future lies. That is where your advantage lies. It is not, it's okay to have connection and contact. But when you are connected by God, there is something that you must produce to make the connection fruitful. So I want to, I want to take us on a trip of personal discovery today. We need to discover who we are. We need to develop spiritual perception. And know what God is saying. I read a story recently because I tried to read a few books. You know, many times what you call junk, because many of us have come to a level, we look at our lives and say, I'm just a junk. I met a woman recently who said, look, I'm a pest. I'm a junk. There is nothing good about me. And then I had to say to her, you're not a junk. It's only that you have not realized who you are. You're not a junk. I read a story recently from a book, they were talking about Michelangelo. Many of us have read about him, the greatest art, one of the greatest artists. When I was reading the story, and then again, it occurred to me that each time, each contribution that this man made to the art world came as a result of his perception of things that others thought was a joke. In fact, the story mentioned that the classical work of Michelangelo that many people know him with today that's very popular is the starter of David. And according to the story, Michelangelo was passing by a place. He saw a few people walking on a piece of junk. He passed and walked back again and looked at it. And then he went back again. And look at what they were doing. They were you know, there were workers, you know, Andy men who were just packing stuff somewhere. And they looked at it again and they went back. Some rocks. And then they looked at it and went back again. According to the story, he kept going and the people asked me, I hope everything is alright with you. Why are you, 
Why do you keep going and coming? He said, I'm looking for something. And then he told him, I said, I saw something here. And he said, they said, what do you see in the park of junk? Please get away from here. And the story on the line in that book, they said, he has developed a site that even many of the workers there did not see. You know, he put all the junks together and they began to chisel it. And according to the story, while he got into his laboratory, even the people who were working with me said, what are you going to do with this? And he kept working at it. He kept working at it. He kept working at it. And at the end of the day, I want to conclude because I don't want to waste time on that. He came up with a statue. And then the people came and looked and he said, David. David. What am I saying today? Many of us look at our lives and all you see is junk. But God looks at you and he sees greatness in you. It's his greatness in your life. Many of us consider our past. The problems you have had. The things you have been involved in. You've been on crack. You've wasted your life. You've lost integrity. The dignity of your body. But God says, no, I'm not looking at you that way. I'm looking at you in the future. There is a deposit of the kingdom in your life. You need to see it. I want to come back to the story. The Bible tells us there are a few things I want us to take home today. One of the greatest adventures that I've seen in life is the adventure of discovery. We need to know who we are. What best demonstrates your strength? What is it that you are best at doing? It might not be popular. It might not be what all those people celebrate. But there is something that you are best at doing. In fact, even in spiritual things, I saw Paul, who was a mentor to Timothy. Each time, it amazes me that Paul kept talking to Timothy about the same thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul was speaking to the people of Corinth. And in verse 7, he said, everyone has been given gift." According to the measure of faith. You know, Paul spoke to the people that each of us have been given. I want us to read it. I don't want to quote this. Let's read it. First Corinthians chapter 2, 7 verse 7. I want everybody to turn to, if you have your Bible, I want you to read what it says. Verse 7. For I wish that all men were even as myself. I am myself. He was talking about something different, but he said, I wish everybody is like me. But I love what he said. He said, but each one has his own gift from God. I love this word own. If you look at the passage we read in Matthew chapter 25, it said everyone was given talent according to his own ability. I love the word own. What is yours is personal to you. It is not shared with others. Oh, God wants others to benefit from the endowment he has given to you. But it is yours. It's not for somebody else. It says, everyone has his own gift from God. There is something that you have that is from God. Everyone. Now in first, in first Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Paul spoke to Timothy and said, Do not neglect the gift of God that came upon you as a result of prophecy. Do not neglect the gift of God. 
Do not abandon it. Don't take it for granted. Don't. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 6, it says, Stir up the gift of God in your life. That came as a result of the prophecies that have been given over your life. Stir up the gift. Paul spoke about the gift of God in the life of Timothy. I see everything in Timothy's life depended on it. And that was true. Everything that Timothy was going to become. Timothy has been called by God to be a preacher. He was a bishop. But Paul said, for you to fulfill your ministry, for you to be the best that God has made you to be, develop the gift of God in your life. Stir it up. That's what makes you different from every other person. So your difference is in your gift. Your difference necessarily, not in your beauty. There are many beautiful people in the world. Your difference, not necessarily in your IQ. There are many intelligent people in the world. But there is something about you that is different from every other person. God's promotion in our lives is directly tied to our gifting. Let me quickly give us biblical characters. As I look at this passage, I saw that there were men that discovered the advantage and they took opportunities. And I'm going to give us an example. David was a young man. Young, 17. He was tending the sheep of his father. And that was what they knew him about. But there was something the Bible says about David. In fact, the first introduction of David to the palace was as a result of his gift. Was as a result of his gift. David was not introduced to Saul for the first time when the battle was on. No. David was introduced to Saul when Saul was crazy. The king was mad. And they needed a man to play strings for the king. And they looked throughout the old land and the only person they could remember was the boy in the bush. So the issue is not about your location, the issue is about your gift. He was in the bush taking care of animals. And they said, he smells like an animal. Yet, he's the right man for the position. He's the right man for the place. They searched for David. Let me read with you what the Bible says about David. 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. I'm going to read verse 18. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse. May the Lord find you useful. May your gift promote you. May your gift distinguish you among many. Your distinction is in developing the gift of God in your life. Listen to me. They will look for you anywhere to find you. Because there is something that you possess. Nobody has it. I found him. And I love this scripture in Psalm 89. It says, I found David, my servant. I have found him. They said, they looked for a son. The Bible says, look, I have seen a son of Jesse in the Bethlehemite. Who is skillful in play. A mighty man of valor. A man of war. Prudent in speech. And a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. 
I love the credential of David and I love, love his resume. But the only resume, the only important thing they needed there was a man to play. There was no war. So there was no need to fight. They did not need somebody to speak to the king. No. They just wanted somebody to play. And they said, search for him. We need somebody to play skillfully for the king. I'm coming back to the other resume. Because this is very critical. And David was brought before the king. The rest is history. In chapter 17, the Bible tells us, David went to see his brothers at the war. The Bible says, so they could bring news to his father. Unknowingly, he was going to become news himself. Because there was something that God has that's placed inside David that will make a news out of him. There is something inside you that will make news out of you. You don't even know it will make news out of you. You will be in the most popular newspaper because you don't. When God brings out what's the name inside of you. And David went to war to bring food to the brothers. When David got there, the man who knew he had an advantage over Israel. Because you look, listen to me, life is about advantage. Life is about what you have others don't have. Life is about discovering a problem that others have, but you have a solution to it. Goliath knew. There was a problem in the land. They needed to fight Israel. And he knew he had an advantage of stature. It was nine feet tall, six inches. Nine feet, six inches. I don't know. I've never seen anybody like that. Massive. And each time he spoke, every army in Israel went to the cave to hide. You can imagine how loud a nine feet man was going to be. It was loud. And he spoke to Israel and said, give me one man. And I will stand with him. He knew his advantage. He knew with his height, with his weight, with his strength. Give me one man. He knew the whole Israel. Saul was the tallest man in the land. And it was nothing compared to Goliath. And Goliath knew that. And he took advantage of his strength. And said, bring me a man. And when they couldn't find a man, Saul and all his armies were hiding. But David came to the scene. David heard what others did not hear. They heard the voice of Goliath and they were all hiding. But David heard the voice of God. The time has come for me to avenge for my people among the people of the Philistine. When David saw that, everybody was asking, you know what? We have to run away. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Was terrified the army of the Lord. And they said, small boy, big talk. What are you talking about? His brother said, look, you love to do things that I didn't call you to do. Get away from here. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a purpose? Is there not a reason why I'm here? Why am I asking this question? But where am I going? The fact was that when everybody saw Goliath, they saw impossibility. But when David saw Goliath, he saw a man too big to miss. Too big to miss. That was the advantage he saw. They said, ah, he's too massive. We couldn't destroy him. But the width and the size of Goliath's head. David looked at him and said, I can't miss this. It's too big to miss. Everybody was afraid, but he wasn't. Because he saw what others didn't see. Because he knew what he had on the inside. When they were talking, he said, look, you think I don't have the credentials? Go ask the bear. Go ask the lion. I kill the lion. I kill the bear. Because you see, your strength is developing the secret place. Your strength is not what you do at the outside. David had developed strength in the secret. And you see, when I read that scripture, I said to myself, why was David this bold? 
I noticed. Why did David use a slingshot against Goliath? Do you know what I discovered? David was not the only man who could use a slingshot. A slingshot was a useful instrument. They were using it in war, but nobody saw it as an advantage. Judges chapter 20. Let's take a look at what the Bible says here. Judges chapter 20. Are we there? The book of Judges chapter 20. Please, I'd like to read a verse in this place. Hallelujah. Please, can you turn with me to verse 16? Just one verse. I want to read there. Among all these people were 700. They were describing the armies of Israel. 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could slink a stone at an hair's breadth and could not miss. Do you see the, Israel, the, the, the army of Israel? They could sling a stone at an hair's breadth and not miss. If you hold a strand of hair, they could, they could sling a stone and not mix. Yet they saw Goliath, they didn't see an advantage. But David saw it and said, ah, this is it. I've been waiting for this opportunity. This man is coming down today. What am I saying? There is something that you could see. Your perception is based on your gifting. What you see in life is based on what God has given to you. Others see it as been difficult, but you see it as been possible. A lot of time people think you're arrogant. No! It is not arrogance. Because what you see is based on what is on the inside. We've been praying for open doors and opportunities to open. Maybe we should quit praying that prayer. Let's begin to discover who we are. Because your gift will create an opportunity. You know, I've seen two things in life. Opportunities is not my making. I can't create opportunities myself. But God will create opportunities that will match what he has given to me as an ability. So let me leave God to do his work and let me pay attention to what I can do. Many other times, oh God, open the door. When the door is open, can you go in? Many of us are unprepared for the door that we're asking God to open. And God is saying, relax, pay attention. This week the Lord kept talking to me, take heed unto thyself. Pay attention to what I've given to you. Pay a careful attention to the gift that I've given to you. Pay attention to it. Take heed to it. There lies all that I intend to accomplish in your life. Let me quickly give us five points from this passage. Number one, invitation. Everyone was given invitation by the master. Is that correct? Everyone. Now I want to say to you today, you're here. Somebody invited you. You came here by accident. There is a divine invitation for you to be here today. Either by man, somebody came to you, somebody spoke to you. There is a divine invitation. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. Everyone who opened the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him. There is always a constant door being knocked by God at your heart. He's giving you an invitation. And you know what? It's not an invitation to destroy your life. It's an invitation to destiny. God is preparing a rendezvous for a destiny in your life. When he invites you, it's because... You can never attain the height of your purpose by being outside. And he wants the best for your life. That can only be accomplished when you come into his presence. And he said, come. Come. Isaiah 55. Come to the waters. 
Come. 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 Matthew chapter 11. Come. All you will labor and a heavy lady. And I will give you rest for your soul. Come. Come. Invitation. Come. Come. I've got something to give to you. Come. I, have, I know you have ability, but come. If you don't come, you cannot receive. The talent is only given to those who present themselves. Come. 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 Those of us who have been outside for too long, you've led your life the way you want it. But God is saying, come. I need you. There is something about your life that is hidden from you, but I want to expose it. Come. 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 When we are Christians, you've been playing games with God. God is saying, Come, 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 seek me. Come, 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 come. Number two, your talent or your gift is a tool. Don't underrate the value and the worth of what you possess. Your talent and your gift is a tool. Whatever God has given to you is a tool in his hand to accomplish his purpose through your life. And I have seen that God makes no mistakes in delivering his endowment to his people. Proverbs chapter 18, the Bible said the gift of a man will make room for him. The gift of a man. And will bring, bring him before great men. The gift of a man will make room for him. Number three. You have been given ability by God. You don't know what you can accomplish until you try. You never know what you can accomplish until you try. Try. Come closer to him. There's an ability that God has given to you. Some people discover this ability. I I was reading, I think it was this week again, Thomas Edison, many of us know him. They mentioned this about him. They said, Thomas Edison, why are you so different from every other person? He said, I'm not different. It's only that I think differently. He said, every other person thinks about many things, but I only think about only one thing. Only one thing. And I think about, that's, the cons- that's what has consummated my life. Only one thing. That's what I'm thinking about. I poured my ability into one thing. No wonder it was a success. One thing, and I've given myself totally to it. David Livingstone one time was going to Africa for a missionary work. And a missionary society sent a message and said, Look, we're going to send you men, but let us know if there are roads to where you're going. He said, Don't send me men who are looking for roads. Send me those who, don't, who will go without having any road at all. I need men who will travel with me without road. If we will crawl, we will crawl. I don't need men who are looking for things that are already made ready. I want people who can perceive what they possess by God. Christopher Columbus, many of us remember him when there was this concept among the philosophers and the geographers that the world was flat. And everybody was looking at it as being impossible. Christopher Columbus took off and went on a ship towards the, you know, towards Asia. They traveled around the world because he, he wanted to prove to them that the world was not flat. That the world was round. And we know it's spherical today. And they traveled all around. The difficulty, the possible, because the belief was that when you get to a particular junction, the precipice, you fall into a ditch. And they said there is no such thing. And they traveled and they made it. There is something that we have. 
there is something that God has given to you as an advantage. Discover it. Let me go to the next one. Number four. God has given us another wonderful treasure, and that is time. The Bible after a long time, he gave them time to stretch their imagination. He gave them time to work and develop ideas. He gave them time to, be, to, to fall and rise. He gave them time to plant and to invest. He gave them time to also wait for the harvest. Number five. We also saw from this passage of the scripture that God is a rewarder. Please, I want you to listen to me today and listen to me good. God will never allow you to undertake a project and work for him without repaying you back. God is a rewarder. So as a worker, we need to expect a reward. When you're working and you're doing the Lord's business, God is going to reward you. Because there is always a day of accountability for everyone. There's a time you have to be accountable. Really, accountability time, it's not a judgment time. It's a time to pass reward on us. On what we have spent, our time and our lives, and the endowment that God has given to us to do. Let me quickly mention to us before I go to the final point. What are the major characteristics of a gift? Number one, a gift must be discovered. Otherwise, it will remain dormant. Number two, a gift must be developed. Every gift is a raw material. No gift comes perfectly developed. No. Whatever God has given to you, you must find an opportunity to develop what God has given to you. Everything that God gives comes as a raw material. It's raw. You have to work at it. Number three, it must be used. It must be utilized to maximize its benefit. You will never know the benefits of a gift until you begin to use it. As a matter of fact, there are many people who never knew they could do what they were doing until they started doing it. The, the, the practice isn't doing. You know, the gain and the benefit isn't doing. And let me close on this. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to close because of my time. Matthew 25. I want to see the discussion of this man who kept the one talent that God gave to him. I want us to see what he said. Hallelujah. In verse 24, the Bible said, Then he who has received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. How is it that people become unprofitable? One of the key factors is knowledge. He heard the man said, I knew you to be a hard man. It's obvious to me that this man did not know his master. I knew it to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown, but he gave you a seed. You want to reap where you have, but he gave you one talent. He says, gathering where you have not scattered seed. That's not true. He had a wrong conception of the master that he served. And God is trying to challenge to us today. Many of us, our reaction to the things of God is based on our lack of understanding and lack of knowledge. Nobody can compel me to serve the Father that I have. He loves me. He gave himself to me. He died on the cross. He shed his precious blood. No one is good enough. No one is bad enough or worse enough to discourage me from serving him. Because he has done what no one could do for me. He has paid the ultimate price for my sin. What else can I not give him? That's a true knowledge. You need to know why you're serving him. I'm not in church because I want to please you. No. I'm in church because I know I have a responsibility from God. 
We need to have the right perspective of the master that we serve. Many times we're asking God for healing, but he's given us a provision. We're asking God to bless us, but he gave you a provision. Psalm 41, Isaiah chapter 58, give to the poor and I will sustain your life. There are, there are certain criteria and conditions that we need to follow. Number two reason why this man failed in verse 25 says, and I was afraid. Two reasons today. We don't reach our maximum potential for God. Knowledge. And number two, fear. I was a fear. 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 Fear will paralyze the man. This man said, I was afraid. What was he afraid? He was afraid of failing. I love somebody wrote a book and said, if I thought you're going to fail, make sure you fail forward. In other words, learn from your failure. And let that be the last time you're going to fail. Failure is part of success. Amazingly. Because you don't succeed until you have experienced a certain degree of failure in your life. Many of us are seated today. We have reached where we have reached after certain failures in our lives. If I thought you didn't fail, I thought you failed in elementary school. Or in high school. But you didn't stop there. That became a propelling force to become who God has made you to be today. Number two, afraid of people. Many times we don't become what we want to become because we are afraid of what men are saying. Listen to me today. I observe that there are many voices in the world. There are voices of evil and discouragement and there are voices of good. God wants us to understand there is a voice, the right voice, and that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. May you listen to him today. He's speaking in your heart saying, I believe in you. You can make it. You can do it. You can get to the other side. You can fulfill your destiny in me. You can fulfill your purpose. You can reach your goal. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't let us ignore that voice. We fail because we ignore the right voice. Let's stand up to pray. Let's stand up to pray. We're going to pray this morning. I want us to speak to the Lord. I say, Lord, I thank you today because of what you have done in my life. I thank you for this divine invitation. I'm not here by accident. You've sent me here to fulfill a purpose. I'm not in the world by accident either. I came to this world to fulfill a divine destiny. Let's speak to the Lord. Let's speak to the Lord. There's a divine invitation of our lives. Let's speak to the Lord. Lord, we thank you. Because you're faithful. Thank you for bringing us into this assembly together today. Thank you for your hand upon us. We lift up your name. Thank you, Father, because you introduce us to yourself and you give us an advantage, a strength, a gift that others don't possess. We lift up your name. We bless you. We thank you. We glorify your name. We exhort you today. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want you to pray and say, Lord, from today, I refuse to throw my gift into the barrier field for it to be buried. Lord, I would rather throw it into a business field where it will yield several things for you. Lord, I release myself to you today. Cause me to discover why I'm here. Cause me to discover why I'm alive. Cause me to discover what my advantage is. And grant me opportunity to be able to express what you have given to me as an advantage, as a strength, as a gift. Let's go ahead and begin to speak to the Lord. 
thank you, Father, today because you're faithful. We give you glory and honor because you're good. Lord, we ask that you cause us to discover why we're here, our advantage. Lord, the very thing that you have placed in our destiny that makes us unique from every other person. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, because we cannot begin to estimate the value of your invitation. The Bible says, What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses soul? What will he give in exchange for his soul? The greatest invitation we could ever have is to know you as our Lord and Savior. Lord, I want to thank you for everyone in this place who has never known you before. We want to thank you because of the drawing ability of God. We thank you, Father, for your grace who has, that has drawn them from their respective location to this place today. And this morning, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. There is a grand plan in your heart. You want us to fulfill our destiny. It is not the magnitude of what we have. It is our faithfulness in what we have. Help us, Father, to pay attention to what you have given. Help us, Father, to be fruitful in what you have given to us. Spirit of the living God, brood upon us.